0: welcome to delighting daily a podcast to develop a habit of delighting daily in god's word we're your hosts Tori's Binden,
1: elijah denny
2: and grace weikert
0: today we're going to do something a little different we have finished our 31 day devotional but we're going to continue with the conclusion and we're going to read that today but it's a little longer so we're going to tag team it so like always if you have the book please open up with us we're going to be reading on page 81 the conclusion I heard the following story in a sermon when I was a freshman in college. It has brought unspeakable encouragement and comfort to my heart over the years. There once was a water bearer who walked to the stream every day to fetch water for her mistress. She carried two large pots, one on each end of the pole that rested on her shoulders. One of the pots was cracked. The other pot was perfect. The cracked pot would leak water and always and was always half empty by the time water the water bearer reached the mistress's house. The perfect pot would still be f- filled to the brim. This happened for years. The cracked pot delivered only half the amount of water the, to the mistress's house every day. Finally, one day, the cracked pot could bear it no more and cried to the water bearer, "I'm so I am so sorry and ashamed. The water bearer asked, why are you sorry and ashamed? The pot responded, because of my cracks, water leaks out of me. And as we walk back from the stream and I'm able, I'm only able to deliver half of the pot of water. Meanwhile, the perfect pot is able to deliver a full pot of water every time. I'm sorry. The water bearer paused, then responded to the cracked pot. When we walk back from the stream today, I want you to notice the flowers along the path. As they walked back from the stream to the house, the Crackpot noticed the vibrant flowers along the path and was delighted by their beauty. But when they arrived at the house the cracked pot was half empty again and apologized to the water bearer. The water bearer tenderly replied, Dear Cracked Pot, did you notice that there were flowers only on your side of the path? The thing is I have always known about your cracks, so years ago I decided to plant flower seeds on your side.
1: Every day as I've walked back from the stream, you have watered these flowers. Thanks to you, I'm able to pick the most beautiful flowers to adorn the mistress's house for everyone to enjoy. Cracks, failures, dead weight. Not good enough, falling short. I'm sorry for even existing. You're better off without me, please just throw me away. Can you relate to the cracked pot? I myself have lived so much of my life feeling like a cracked, leaky pot. I've wished I could be more like the perfect pot, the one without cracks, the one that doesn't leak. I've tried to duct tape my cracks to stop or at least lessen leaking. I have tried to become the perfect pot and it has never worked, I've never succeeded. When cracks and failures seemed like an inescapable reality of my life, I tried a different strategy. I decided to try to eliminate myself from the game altogether. I decided to sit out. Withdraw. Hide. Play it safe. I was the cracked pot hiding behind shelves and gadgets in the shed so the bearer would no longer see me and use me. I'm unqualified. Just leave me on the bench, please. Just look away, there's nothing to see here. The cracks, it all felt like a mistake. I felt like a mistake. But all the while, God knew what he was doing. He wanted to use the cracks to water the flowers. This devotional has been about finding hope and courage in the midst of shame. Hope that God can use cracked pots for good courage to follow him and be used by him when it seems easier for us to hide and disqualify ourselves. This is part of the God-given journey, the redemptive trajectory in our shame. So I give up trying to be the perfect pot I never was and never will be in this lifetime. I come out of hiding. I write honestly of my cracks and my shame and of the God I've come to know in my cracks and my shame.
2: And as I write, I leak water all over the place, but I continue writing anyway in hopes that any of these words might splash onto the flowers that God has planted on my side of the path. I write in hopes that Christ's truth and promises that I have learned in and through my cracks in leakiness, the truths and promises I attempt to write here might provide the smallest amount of hope and comfort to the weary and shame-filled souls. I try to water the flowers. I imagine there are others like me out there, people who with beautiful faith, beautiful stories, beautiful gifts and talents, who see only their cracks, who see only their failures and their inadequacies, who can hear or who can hear or who believe only the voice of shame. All the while, God says, but I want to use those cracks to water flowers This will be a lifelong battle for me, but I try. By the grace of God, I try. To my fellow cracked and leaky pot, I invite you to do the same. Please try with me. It won't be easy, but there are flowers to be watered. There are people you, there are people you are uniquely qualified to love and bless people who will come to know and experience the surprising mercies of Christ through you. There is ministry that God has especially enabled and gifted you to do, not in spite of your shame, but even through your experiences of shame. There is a beautiful redemption God longs to accomplish in you and through you, and we pray for eyes to see it and hearts to believe there are flowers to be watered. I invite you, please water
0: the flowers. So friends, for the last time in this season, I'd love to just hear uh, your thoughts on this this conclusion and reflections.
1: Um, I think, yeah, what, what, what biblical account has coming to my mind is Esther hmm. and considering the shame that she and her mother-in-law, who I can't remember her name right. What's that? No, that's
2: Ruth. Oh, dang. That's Ruth.
1: Yeah. Esther and her mother-in-law, right?
0: No, that's
2: Esther and Mordecai. Esther
1: and Mordecai. So it's Ruth.
0: And Naomi.
1: And Naomi. Yeah, so So, it is Ruth and Naomi. My fault. My apologies.
0: We're leaky pots over here. here. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly.
1: So the shame that Ruth and her mother-in-law, Naomi, would have felt when Ruth's husband, Naomi's son, died. Her other son died. Naomi's other son died, and then also her husband was gone. And they essentially went back home to nothing. Mm -hmm. And in that day and age, to have no husband, to have no children, like you got, you're worthless. worthless. You got nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, And just considering, um, there was a particular line that she said in here that um, really brought my mind to that. she said, but there are flowers to be watered. There are people you are uniquely qualified to love and bless. People who will come to know and experiencing, experience the surprising mercies of Christ through you. Um, and just considering the act of redemption that was done in the story of Ruth mm-hmm. and recognizing the people that she was able to connect with through her relationship then with Boaz. But just, yeah, just how, how, how God redeemed what was completely broken. Mm-hmm. Um, and brought so much beauty because eventually... Ruth would then have a child, and Naomi would rejoice after essentially saying, "Like, don't call me. Like, don't even talk to be, me. Yeah, I don't. I, like, I don't. I don't even. Like, I forget what the name is that she wanted to be called, but essentially, what's mm-hmm. that? Mara. Mara, which meant like, bitter. I'm bitter. Mm-hmm. Don't even refer to me by my name. Just bitter. That was shame speaking.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a good biblical mm-hmm. example of it. Also, it makes me think of Second Corinthians, which was a scripture that she referenced a couple days ago, uh, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness and how the gospel has this way of miraculously using weakness, like mm-hmm. nothing else in this world. The gospel has a way of using people's cracks in their pots to bring glory to him and have purpose and I think that in our in our shame, that gives us the power to put another foot in front of the other, knowing that our even shameful things that we are messy and working on can be used for God's good.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Of just yeah, not being conformed by this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah, even though it's easy to say, let's, you know, we can fix that bone if it's broken, but. Yeah, just being able to, that that scripture is, is breathed into the whole person, right? And so that comes with the renewing of your mind and how you interact with yourself and others, right? Mm-hmm. So,
0: Yeah. So before we wrap up season one and this devotional on shame, I'd love to hear what have been some big takeaways or memorable moments from our time together Uh, considering this topic.
1: Yeah, I think for me, one takeaway was considering how in God's ever working act of redemption, like he takes our sin, he takes our shame and uses it for his glory, particularly like when it came to loving and caring for others and having compassion on others, like how the Lord is using the things that maybe we are shameful of and giving us an eye or an ear to listen or to look out for people who might maybe experience mm-hmm. the same thing, whether that be loneliness and, and seeing when people are lonely in a, in a, in a group of people mm-hmm. um, or um, just feeling unseen or not being cared for, whatever may have it. Um, but yeah, just how the Lord uses that then to put a tool in our tool belt to say, I can care for you because of the compassion that Christ has given to me first.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think too, I think of as one from the very beginning about the ladders that we create and how we're we're constantly trying to climb this man-made value system we've made and it's never satisfying and we need to topple those ladders down because uh, there's a particular uh, quote, a poem uh, that Esther wrote that I love and I think of. It's, let's see if I can find it. Oh, here it is. I found it. It quick (laughs) Um, It is a mercy to not thrive in a game you can't win. and just how profound that is, it's actually God's mercy that these ladders are just never going to satisfy because it's a game we can't win. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just I, I really think it's impactful to kind of see in my life ladders I've created and, and try to topple them down and replace them with things that God actually values as truth. So yeah, that that's when I think that I really think about often. It's a mercy to not thrive in a game you can't win.
2: Mm-hmm. what i've appreciated about the devotional is kind of pulling the curtain back on shame Hmm. Um, because i think shame can be a very ambiguous kind of like what actually is it i feel it i don't really know what it is yeah and so to be given language around it is super helpful and i think that's even down to the semantics of shame is what i'm who I am guilt is what I've done and so like having the distinction between Mm -hmm. the two allows you to give yeah, language and the framework to to work through the more specifics or nuances of our lives and others and so I think that's what I've found helpful like emotions can often feel like they're controlling you more than you can um, attack or just understand them, them And so, uh, yeah, being able to, to give language around it, mm-hmm. even if it was little bits and pieces here and there, that's so powerful. So, yeah. even giving, if you don't
1: know what to do with that language yet, mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah, giving you something to grip onto. Yeah. yeah.
0: It brings a little order to the chaos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's been a delight discussing this topic with you guys and our, un our secret other member here, Esther Liu. It's been delightful working through this material and considering what the Bible has to say about shame. Let me pray to, to close out this season. Lord, I thank you so much for dying on the cross, not just for our guilt, but for our shame. I pray that the implications of that uh, tra- uh, just transform us and make us um, people who worship and love you because you have died for our shame. I pray that you help us to, to think about this deeply, to not just close this devotional and move on, but to continue to have these truths um, move us and make us more like you. I pray that for us, uh, for Elijah and Grace and I, but also for our listeners as well. I pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for uh, participating with us on this journey. We've been reading from Shame, Being Known and Loved. It's a 31-day de- devotional by Esther Liu and uh that's a wrap for season one thanks so much for for tuning in thanks guys and uh we may or may not do another season so let Let us us know know. what you think (laughs) write a review uh and let us know if there's a particular devotional that we should read through if we do another season Uh, so thanks so much and um have a great life (laughs) bye
1: (laughs) we'll see you later
0: Today, we read from Shame, Being Known in Love, a 31-day devotional for life by Esther Liu. We read this with permission from PNR Publishing. If you want to know more about this book and other books like it, please check the show notes.
2: Nice.